fasten your seat belt. I'm taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. As if. You're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. We are the 30-something movie podcast, and over the course of one night, we will take you for a ride in five different cities and tell you all of our deepest, darkest secrets. Speaking of my deepest, darkest secret, Patrick Canigallo, how are you doing? I am good, John. I am well. Am I the deepest, darkest secret? I don't know. I can be a deepest, darkest secret. You could I don't be. know what that even means. I'm just going to get out in front of that right now. I don't yeah. even know what I'm saying. I I don't really either. I just, I was trying to make us sound a little bit more mysterious than we really are. Uh, I'm fine with that. Okay. All right. I'm just trying to, trying to spice things up here a little bit and yes, you know, I, I want the people to, I want the people to have something exciting every time they come to our show, which I think they do anyway. I mean, at oh. least, at least the people that keep coming back, tell us they enjoy the show. So. Yeah, that's that's what they're at least saying to our face. I guess we don't need to lie about things then. Mm-mm. We could be. I mean, we we could we could change the whole flavor of the show, and we could be one of those podcasts that that comes on is like, "Hey, welcome to the Thirty Something Movie Podcast." You know, we could yeah. do stuff like that. But you know, I'm not really feeling very shock jockey. I know. What was it? Uh, you know, our favorite one of our favorite podcasts, the uh, Greatest Gen. Yeah. Um. Uh. Um. Uh, Benjamin R. Harrison, he also does a podcast with this other guy that's supposed to be like late 90s uh, morning commute rock radio. Okay. And uh, it's, I, I haven't it's listened cool. to this one yet. I'm curious now. It's 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 entertaining to okay. say the very least. It is it is highly entertaining. And it's it's it, I mean, it's uh, it's fun how they kind of like through the satire kind of do the social commentary and mm-hmm. poke fun at the genre back then, but then also today. And it's just it's just really fun. But, yeah, it's like that whole thing. It's like, you know, they each have the personalities and they're talking like this. And, you know, I mean, uh, you're listening to Man Cow in the Morning on Rock 103.5. It is exactly mm-hmm. that. And I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. And I forget what the radio station is, but it's like you know, some, some, something W it's got, it's, it's all that. It's the whole thing yeah. in there. And it's, uh, I had, I, I might've shared this before. I had a group of friends in one of our projects in eighth grade in our shop class. Um, the, the teacher, of course, he, I mean, the teacher had all the like workshop equipment and things like that, but he also had different stations we could work at. And he had some like ancient computers. And, and when I say I was in eighth grade and these computers were ancient, I mean, I'm, I'm talking like, they were actually ancient computers. Um, but the other thing he had was he had a dual tape tech and oh. we did our own radio show. It was like, it was like podcasts when podcasts had to be recorded to cassette tapes. 
Um, right. And so we pretended to do our own uh, call-in, like, talk radio. It wasn't talk radio. It was like an all-request uh, radio station. And it was, um, I was trying to remember what the call sign for Oh, it was uh, Scratch It Radio 101 and one tenth. <laughs> that was that was our call that sign. Awesome. You're listening to Scratch It Radio 101 and one tenth. That's, that's hilarious. That is outstanding. We had a lot of fun with that one. I have oh, a lot yeah. of fun with you here talking movies. Every single time we get on here, it's it's always a good time. It's pretty awesome. I'm, you know, I, I don't want to pull back the curtain all the way, and you can edit this out if we don't want to share it with the viewers. No, pull it. But John, I think we did. I think we reviewed seven movies in twenty four hours last week. <laughs> uh, I think we might have. I, I think that I was thinking about that. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> That was a lot of movies. Yeah, because what did what did we rec- what did we record all at once? Like we did, uh, doors. we did the Doors, we did the Fisher King, and then we did the Razzies. We did the Razzies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because we were supposed to do, I think what we were originally going to do was, yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. It was seven. Yeah, that's a little bit. Yeah, it was a bit of a marathon. Things got a bit out of hand. It maybe just a little bit. And and I but you know what? That I don't want that to excuse I don't want to be that that to be the excuse for my severe disdain towards cool as ice. <laughs> I I want people to know that that, that dislike or disdain or whatever oh, you want to call it. Man, it I, I want I want people to know that that is still genuine, even now. I I that was a fun movie. I enjoyed that. It you know it it had some it had some fun moment. You know what that movie would be a great in like well no it'd be great now. Um, but in like twenty or thirty years that would be a great uh, mystery science theater three thousand movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, thirty years from now when they're doing Cool as Ice, that'd be a good one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think we had anything nice to say at all about dice rules. Nope. Which is fitting. Yep. Yeah. 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 Ah, moving on. We don't need to. <laughs> we yes. don't have to revisit that one. But um, no. yeah, no, I, I didn't. I, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was like, yeah, I think we did review like seven movies in the course of 24 hours. Yes. It was an exciting 24 hours. That was, I, I did not know that. All right. Well, we've only got one movie, one movie, five stories, but we've only got one movie for you this time around. But before we get to what we came here for, which is Night on Earth, um, which sounds like a Christmas movie, but is not. uh, Before we get to that, we've got a couple of different things to, uh, we've got another ride to take you on. First of all, this is the first of the month. And so Mm -hmm. it's the first show of the month. And so we are going to take you on a ride in the DeLorean back to this month in 91. So this month in 91, December of 1991, finishing out the year. Uh, the next time we do this will be January of 92. Oh. So finishing out this year, this month in 91, December, uh, some top news. December 1st, the Ukrainian people vote for independence on December 1st, 1991. Okay. Um, and that's been kind of interesting to watch in all of these like news updates from around this time. It was like November, December. It's like all of the different, you know, Russian republics, you know, former Soviet states, all kind of, you know, toppling in terms of uh, voting for their independence and and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, December 6th, so my birthday, when I would have turned 11, and I think I was very excited about, well, I was very excited about this, even though I was not able to take advantage of this until several months later. Um, December 6th, 1991, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country premiered. Okay, there you go. Now, the reason I was not able to take advantage of it was because at that point, I was a huge Star Trek fan, super excited for Star Trek VI, like crazy excited for this movie. Um but we had just moved to England, and it did not premiere in the UK until, I believe, Valentine's Day of 1992. Oh, man. So I had to wait two months after it came out in the U.S. To, in order to go see it when I was in England. Uh, let's see. Next thing is uh, December 18th, Star Wars. I'm sorry, not Star Wars. Uh, Star Trek adjacent. DeForest Kelly, Dr. McCoy on Star Trek, gets his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. That's very cool. Very cool. I'm still waiting for mine, but it's all right. Um, Delayed gratification. It's true. It's true. Uh, And then December 19th, Boris Yeltsin takes control of the Kremlin. And I believe it was a week later. I believe it was on Christmas Day that Mikhail Gorbachev officially went on TV and resigned. I don't have that one written down, but I believe that's that's what I remember seeing. Got it. Um, let's see, births for this one, December 2nd, 1991, uh, Charlie Puth, the singer, um, was born in New Jersey on that date. Uh, this one I thought you'd appreciate under the deaths category. I have two actual deaths and, uh, two fictional deaths. The two fictional deaths on December 16th, 1991, Howard and Maria Stark were assassinated by the Winter Soldier. Oh, and I actually wrote this down. So I, when I create each of these, I, I create a little Google Doc for myself to, to do all of the different notes in for all these mm-hmm. episodes. And so I usually create these maybe like a week or two before we're going to record. And then I, I put in all the information and everything else. Um, I actually created this Google Doc maybe like two months ago. All right. Maybe even longer than that. Um yeah, I could, no, much longer than that. I just looked. I created this Google Doc for this movie, Night on Earth, back on May 20th. Right. Because on May 20th, I was watching Winter Soldier. Uh-huh. And when it popped up the date, you know, in Winter Soldier, it pops up like the date when it shows the flashback to, uh, to uh, Tony Stark's parents being killed. Mm-hmm. It popped it up and it was like December 16th, 1991. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm writing this down. There it is. Like, but when we get to December, I am writing this down. December 16, 1991, Howard Maria Stark assassinated by the Winter Soldier. Yes. So that is, that's what we call planning, boys and girls. That's, yeah, that's how we do this. That is also what we call nerdy and lonely. And I don't know. There might be some other, other adjectives, but we'll move on. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. Uh, December 19th, Paul Maxwell, Canadian actor who was in Aliens, City of Fear, and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, dies at age 70. Okay. Uh, December 28th, Cassandra Harris, an Australian actress who was in For Your Eyes Only as one of the Bond girls, dies of cancer at age 39. Very young. Uh, top sports news, December 17th, the NBA's, and I didn't look up to see if this is still the case, uh, NBA's most lopsided game, Cleveland beats Miami 148 to 80. Okay. That is what we call a beating. 
That is a beat down. Mm-hmm. Uh, top books we've got Scarlet by Alexandra Ripley uh, still the top book it's been that I think it's been that way for a couple months now top movies were The Addams Family Star Trek 6 and Hook and the top song for at least the entire month of December of 1991 was Black or White by Michael Jackson there you go and I remember that being that cool video because it did the uh, at the end of the video it did like the shifting from person to person it was kind of like the 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 T-1000 morphing yes yeah I remember that being cool. Uh, and Macaulay Culkin and George Went were in that video, too. Yes. All right. Well, before we get into our movie, um, we haven't spoiled too much yet, but I did want to say very, very quickly, we do spoil the movies we talk about, and we just talk freely, so this is kind of your only warning, uh, your only spoiler warning for the rest of this episode. Um, we are also part of the Scene Stealers podcast network, so if you haven't checked them out yet, they are an international convention agent who's got a really great roster of movie and TV stars that could be booked if you are in any way affiliated with a Comic-Con or a, con- a convention, an event, um, if you want to get some signings in, autographs, things like that. Uh, if you're looking for people to bring to your event, reach out to scenestealersglobal.com. Uh, and if you head over to their website, there is also a link that will take you to some of the other podcasts that are part of the Scene Stealers Network. Go, so go check them out. Uh, we are at 30podcast.com. That's three zero in the word podcast. You can go there to rate the show, leave us a voicemail, of which we're going to play one here in just a moment. Uh, and you can become a co-executive producer via Patreon. So you can get access to bonus episodes um, and all kinds of good stuff on there. So just as an example of some of the bonus episodes we've done, even just this year, um, we just did favorite TV shows of 91, which is like a three-hour extravaganza um, of our favorite TV shows. Evil Dead, we just did. My Dinner with Andre was a great one that you and I did. Um, we did uh, The French Connection. We did Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, we did Clash of the Titans, Willy Wonka, um, all kinds of good stuff. So there's plenty of plenty of good bonus content there over at our Patreon page. So if you want to join us there, there's different levels that you can join us at, different benefits that are there. Um, but uh, joining us so that you can support the show at any level, even just the smallest level, would get you access to that bonus content. So go check that out if that's something that you are um, interested in helping us out with and just showing a little bit of support for the show and, and getting some bonus stuff uh, getting some bonus stuff in there. And at this point, you know what? With, with inflation... And everything else, even if you did like a dollar a month on there, I mean, I think I can use this because with inflation, for less than the price of a cup of coffee a year, you can also support the 30-something movie podcast. There it is. Because I don't know. I don't buy coffee. Like I don't go to Starbucks and, and buy coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker. Um, I, I would imagine that if it's not already, like at some point, a cup of coffee will probably be like $12. All right. So I don't know. I it feels like I think my sister goes and buys coffee at, at coffee places, and I feel like she spends six, seven bucks on a cup of coffee. There you go. So that's not too far off. So yes, for less than the price of a cup of coffee a year, with inflation, you too can support the inflating of the thirty something movie podcast. There it is. So. And thank you to those that have already stepped up to support. That just means so much. Very true. Cool. Very true. Yeah. All right. Well, before we jump into our movie, uh, I have a voicemail from one of our uh, good friend of the show, 
Jason Colvin, who is also a co-host of the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast, um, who is always, those guys are always churning out all kinds of great stuff um, over at their show. Um, and then also a co-host of, we're, we're on a little bit of a hiatus right now because the, uh, cause life is busy and the Superman show is not currently airing. Uh, I do a podcast with those guys called podcast full of kryptonite. We're going to do some other Superman content at some point, but I think life was getting very busy with kids and sports and things like that. It will definitely be back when, uh, Superman and Lois starts back up for its new season. But uh, we had to we had to go on a little tiny bit of a break there just to kind of you know catch our breath and uh, and and do some of that stuff. So, but otherwise, if you have not checked out the Surely You Can't Be Serious podcast, um, I can even just tell you some of the stuff they've done recently. Um, great, great episodes. Uh, Young Guns versus Young Guns Two versus Tombstone. Of of which, much like the Highlander, there can be only one, and the answer is Tombstone. Um, <laughs> Uh huh. And uh, let's see. They also recently did American Werewolf in London versus The Howling, uh, which both fun movies. But I, I gotta, you know, American Werewolf edges that one out at least for me. There it is. Uh, and they did an amazing, amazing episode uh, where they compared M versus Psycho versus The Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think it was a two-parter for them. Um, they had some just astounding co-hosts on that show i i think it was it was just a it was probably one of my favorites so far there it is i don't know why i I just i can't quite put my finger on it but we gotta find out who those guys are yeah where do they get those wonderful co-hosts um but anyway so we've got jason colvin left us a voicemail so um it's uh i think it's time to maybe uh fire up the old voicemail machine here Ed Rooney's office. Ferris Bueller's online, too. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. What am I doing? I'm talking to an empty telephone. I don't understand. Because there was a dead man on the other end of this phone. Maybe. I guess you should have called. I did call earlier when using the phone. Earlier when was that? Or later when then... I uh, le- left a message. A message? What number did you call? Two, four, niner, five, six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a niner in there? Hey, guys. This is 30-something movie podcast superfan Jason Colton. And I was calling to give you some quick feedback. I'm prepping for your movies in 91, and I just watched The Doors. That is not my movie. I don't like the music, don't really care for that era, but I wanted to watch it so I'd be ready for when you guys uh, podcasted on it. And as I was watching it, came to that part where Balcomer and his girlfriend or, you know, there's some nude scenes and some drug use and some witchcraft all kind of going on. And I'm like, man, what is this movie I'm watching? That was the son walked in and said, whoa, dad, what are you watching? So appreciate you guys. That is not, that movie was not for me. Definitely not for the kids. 
anyway, I uh, thought you might enjoy that. Keep up the great work. I'm enjoying the 91 stuff, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. That is the greatest. That is the greatest thing. I'm sitting here trying to figure out what am I watching, and all of a sudden my son walks in. Whoa, Dad, <laughs> what are you watching? <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. That is so funny. Uh, well, I hope it's funny. I find it funny. I just, you can get a little chuckle out of it. I I can only imagine had like one of my kids walked in while I was oh. watching that, and it's it's like, you ever drank blood? Yeah. Like yeah. whoa, what what is what is this? Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Well, I got to admit, during watching sections of that movie, I felt the same thing. Like what I, what am I watching here? I I did as well. I did as well. And in terms of like some of the people who were like theatrically featured in that movie i think if, if i remember right watched that movie and were like uh what am i watching what am i watching <laughs> like was this what what's going on so interesting i think i think that you could i think you could sum up part of that movie by quoting the and i have it right in front of me uh by quoting the lines by Andy Warhol played by Crispin Glover as mm-hmm. he is handing Jim Morrison a golden telephone. Yeah. Somebody gave me this telephone. I, I think it was Edie. Yeah, it was Edie. And and she said I could talk to God with it, but um I don't have anything to say. So here, this is for you. Now you can talk to God. Yes. Followed by followed by his other great line, "Hey man, get your dang hands off her." That's right. Yeah. That's right. Which I, oddly, I I found it odd that that line was in the doors, but you know what? It's just one of those. It's like the wax on, wax off line. Yeah. It's it was it was crazy. Yeah. You want to talk to God? Let's do it together. Yeah. I've gotten- and then he picks up the phone and he's like, "And last night." Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan came and told me that he would melt my brain if I didn't ask Lorraine to the dance. Uh, I don't think that was in the door. I, I might be remembering that wrong, but um, I, it should have been. It, it should have been. It probably would have made the movie better. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Jason, I think uh, um, uh, by now, the Doors episode has come out, and so uh, you, you would have heard our opinions on that one. I think we're probably on the same page. Um, yeah. I, I think Pat will definitely disagree with you in terms of enjoying the music, and obviously that's that's your uh, your opinion, your prerogative. Um, I think Pat, uh, you, you have already said that in the in the short time since we recorded that episode, you have listened multiple times to the Doors music. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I went the other way. I was like a casual fan before um, and just was like, this movie was the uh, catalyst to kind of take it deeper. But I mean, it's uh, that's interesting. You know, uh, I mean, just different strokes for different folks. Yeah, you know, I, 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 for me personally, it didn't it didn't change anything for me. It, I was like, yeah, I still like the same four or five songs that I kind of liked of theirs before and. You know, I, that, that didn't change anything. The only thing it does change, and I still haven't watched it yet, is I do want to see that other documentary on The Doors. Um, I think yeah. it's called People Are Strange. Um, I definitely want to see that now because 
and I think I think I might have even worded it the exact same way when we did uh, the Doors episode when we recorded that one. Um, it just this movie left me wanting more of the real story of Jim Morrison and the Doors. Right. So right. there were definitely parts that were entertaining, and definitely parts that were like, "All right, that's that's crazy." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you people are crazy, but. Um, all right, cool. No, I've I've never drank blood before, and I, I don't plan to. Yeah, that was that was definitely uh, that was definitely weird. But yeah, it, it definitely was one of those movies that uh, uh, it, Jason, I feel for you there. Like mm-hmm. you know, you don't really necessarily want the kids walking in in the middle of right. Well, and and maybe you do, but it's it's gonna it's gonna require some explanation. Right. Right. I mean, it's you're going to have to do a really quick about face. Like, you know, if you're sitting there watching a movie and and, and the kids are like, um, Dad, what's this movie? Uh, it's called uh, Porky's. It's um, yeah. what, what's what, what's isn't that that pig? Yes, it's the cartoon pig. Just walk away. Yeah. Don't stay in the room. Walk away. Turn around. Yeah. What are they doing in the locker room? Nope. Nope. Turn around. Just walk away. Yeah. Walk away. Yeah, right. you need an emergency, yeah. yes. emergency cutoff button. Daniela knows because she's walked in a couple of times, and obviously there's something, there's explosions, and like, yeah. she'll stand around the corner. Dad, are there inappropriate <laughs> things for me to see on the screen? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yes, give me one second. Pause. Okay, come on in. I I was I was very happy to finally share. I I made, and I think I might have talked about this before. Um, growing up, we watched National Lampoon's Vacation many times. Uh, yes. I did not realize until a couple of weeks ago that the version I have always seen is the TV edited version. Right. And so I had to, I was going to have my kids watch it because we're going to Disney this winter uh, right. for, the, for the first time. And I'm like, they are not going to Disney without watching this movie. And so I tried to go get it the first time. And I was like, whoa, what, rated R? Are you kidding me? So then I was like, I couldn't stream it because I was like, all right, well, that's, it's, there's too many. A little bit too much profanity in it, and and there were some scenes with some nudity and and whatnot. So I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna make my own dad edit. So right. so I I did. I made my own right. uh, PG slash PG thirteen edit of the movie. So it's more in line with what I saw when I was a kid. And I'm like, okay, now I'm I'm willing to show this to my eleven year old. So nice. There you go. Although I did realize as we were watching it, I missed one of the scenes where uh, Beverly D'Angelo is diving into the swimming pool and okay. uh, has no shirt on. So I was like, oh, well, luckily that happens fast. Yeah. What was that? Nothing. Okay. It's, most of the times when they're swearing, I'm like, hey, that's like, that's like, you hear that on the bus anyway, so that's okay. But I didn't want to be like, you've seen that on the bus? I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's. Most that stuff's not happening on the bus. Depends on depends on the bus. If it's the school bus, hopefully not. If it's the bus, well, apparently everybody's doing the flight of the bumblebee in Rome in this movie. So, um, yeah, maybe uh, maybe it's a bus in Rome. You'll, you'd see that it kind of stuff. Could easily be a bus in Rome. Could be. I. You know what? It's ah Venice. <laughs> yeah. No. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and get into this one. Night on Earth is the movie this time around. This one came out on the twelfth of December, nineteen ninety one. Um, so it's uh, let's see. I'm trying to think about this. This one, pulling back the curtain just a little bit. Uh, we're recording this episode a little bit before it's going to be coming out. 
I think we're going to be about like a week and a half before the actual release date of this one. This one will probably be coming out on December 1st. So we're pretty close, pretty close yeah, to its right. actual release date uh, for 30 years ago. But uh, December 12th, 1991, rated R, runtime of two hours and nine minutes, directed, produced, and written by Jim Jarmusch. Um, and he did, he directed Broken Flowers and The Dead Don't Die. He produced Permanent Vacation and Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai. And he also wrote Dead Man and Limits of Control. Cinematography was done by Frederick Elms, who did Blue Velvet and the 2003 version of Hulk. Uh, music was done by Tom Waits, who also did music for Seven Psychopaths and Shortcuts. Editor was Jay Rabinowitz, who also did Requiem for a Dream and Eight Mile. Budget, not sure. Box office, $2 million. Flickmetrics gives this one a 77% cinema score, did not have a score for this one. Starring Gina Rollins, who played Victoria Snelling in the L.A. segment. She was in The Notebook and Hope Floats. Winona Ryder played Corky in the L.A. segment. She was in Edward Scissorhands and Heathers. Lisanne Falk was the rock manager in the L.A. segment. She was in Heathers and Less Than Zero. Armin Mueller-Stahl was Helmut in the New York segment. He was in Shine and The Game. Giancarlo Esposito was Yo-Yo in the New York segment. He was in The Mandalorian and Breaking Bad. Rosie Perez was Angela in the New York segment. She was in Birds of Prey and White Men Can't Jump. Uh, Isaac de Benkhol, uh was the driver in the Paris segment. He was in Casino Royale and Black Panther. Beatrice Dahl was the blind woman in the Paris segment. She was in Betty Blue and Inside. Roberto Benigni was the driver in the Rome segment. He was in Life is Beautiful and Down by Law. Paolo Bonacelli was the priest in the Rome segment. He was in The American and Caligula. And Matti Pelanpa, probably I'm saying that wrong, um, who died in 1995, was Mika in the Helsinki segment. He was in La Vie de Bohème and Shadows in Paradise. This film presents five stories, each involving a cab ride and set in a different city around the world. In Los Angeles, no-nonsense taxi, taxi driver Corky gets an engaging customer in the form of a Hollywood casting agent, while a Parisian cabbie must contend with some rowdy African diplomats. Among the other tales, a standout is the Italian taxi ride that finds quirky driver Gino making a lively confession to an ailing priest. <laughs> Thank you. 
Io ho i tassi, loro hanno le pistole, sono pericoloso io ho i tassi. <laughs> Come on, Oscar. It's not allowed. Not allowed. Yes, allowed. It's New York. So first things first, there's a few things I have to edit out of the trailer. <laughs> Just a handful here and there. Yep. 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 Uh, so if you're wondering why is the audio skipping around in the trailer, it's because um, the trailer itself is is not uh, is not PG rated. So uh, there will be a few things for me to fix in there. Yeah. But yeah. that's all right. That's all right. That's why we do what we do for the people. That's why. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. That's the service we provide. Um, Pat, how does this movie make you feel? I'm going to assume this was the first time you've watched it. First time I've seen it. I really wish I could be one of those like, like cinephiles and just be like, no, man, I've seen it like eight times. Mm -hmm. That have just been awesome. I wish like with this movie, I wish I could be like, dude, I've watched this all the time. Like, but I'm not that guy. I I can't be that guy. Um, First time I've seen it. It makes me feel uh, uh, intrigued. It really captivating. Yeah. So that is how I felt okay. in, uh, you know, a couple words or yeah. less. Uh, I mean, you've pretty much taken mine, too, as like mm. I captivated it was going to be similar. Um, I was trying to think of that's a better word than what I had. Um, I was going to say. Um, I don't know that enthralled is necessarily the right word, but this is one of those movies where I know I haven't seen it before. I know it's not going to be. You know, it, it, there's no explosions. There's no, um, you know, there's no uh, rousing drama or anything like that. It's it's going to be little slice of life kind of deals. Um, and so I and I've watched a few other movies, you know, similar to this. I, you know, Shortcuts. I enjoyed that movie. Um, and that that has kind of little different segments of each of the different characters, um, you know, similar in some ways. Now, obviously, that's that's definitely very different in some ways, but, you know, similar to like a Pulp Fiction who has its own little um, stories that uh, different there because the stories in, in different ways are interwoven with each other, but it's got its own little different segments and, um, you know, told, told roughly around the same time and in the same world. But, you know, these characters are you know each kind of featured in their own little portion of the movie there. Um, yeah, so I think I think I will just steal yours as well and say I was I was interested and I was captivated by this movie because I just I just enjoy watching um you know a little slice of life character driven stories like this. Yes. Agreed. I, you know, and I was surprised, mildly surprised that this wasn't a play first. You know, because the other movies that mm-hmm. like do something like this just a handful of people and I mean they were driving in the 
taxi, but they didn't need to be. I mean, that could easily have been a set, you know, a lot of these like, uh, you know, 12 angry men. What was the one we did this year? Uh, Dinner with Andre was originally Dinner with Andre and uh, Frankie and Johnny was also originally play. Frankie and Johnny. Right. I, I, I could see this one originally being a play. I mean, I, yeah, I think it would be, we'd be very, uh, uh, effective mm-hmm. as a play, but, uh, okay. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. It was just, I really was, like you said, I was just taken in, even though there wasn't all the different special effects and set and all that other kind of stuff going on. Yeah. But it, nonetheless, it captured me, captured my attention. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we get so what we get is we get five different segments of this, and um, I, let's just go through each one. That's that's an easy enough way to kind of go through the whole thing. Um, so segment one, so we get the idea that they start in the kind of the transition scene between each of these are the different international clocks that are on the wall, and we kind of zoom into each one as we get introduced to each of these different segments. Um, and segment one is Los Angeles, and the fun thing about each of these segments is. And, and the way the Los Angeles one starts off is much like some of the other movies that we have done on this podcast. I'm thinking of like Repo Man, um, you know, and, and uh, you know, some of the other ones that have been, you know, it's like a it's like a little love letter to Los Angeles. You see some of the same locations. You see, you know, buildings that if you're from Los Angeles, this would be familiar to you. Um, and each one of these does a kind of little a little intro to the city that you're going to be in. So if you were from, you know, there were I've been to of the different cities that they featured in here, I've been to Paris, I've been to Rome. So even if I didn't know the exact locations when they started just showing some of the scenery, I'm like, "Yep, that looks exactly like some areas of Paris that I've walked in." Um or streets that yes. we've driven down in in a taxi in Rome or something like that. Um you know, the, the steps that you see in, in some of the scenes in Rome. And I'm like, yep, nope, I, I recognize this immediately. So same kind of thing. It starts in Los Angeles, and much like other L.A. movies, um, you get kind of a, a little visual love letter to the city of Los Angeles. Yes. Yes, it was. And that was a lot of the fun with it. And I also, I got to be honest with you, I couldn't figure out when this movie was set. Mm-hmm. I could eventually, but in the beginning, like, I, I mean, there was a lot of it that I'm like, is this the 1970s? I kind of get this 1970s feel with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, even just, I don't know what exactly. I mean, obviously there was a cell phone and, and you saw a lot of the stuff that, you know, put it in the early nineties and all that, but right. even that whole thing with the clocks and where they zoomed in and the little light flashed, in the city that they were looking at, like all of that really kind of made me get like old timey vibes. I don't know. It was just, it was, it really, the visual style of the movie, the, the visual language really, I'm going back to my, my word, man, I'm bringing it all home. I'm saying captivating. I'm like, Oh wow, this is different looking. Well, and I think, yeah, except for the cell phone, I'm trying to remember if there's other, any other moments that have anything that, would tie it to the early nineties, but yeah, except for the cell phone, you could, you could imagine that this is set in probably just about any other decade. Um, you know, at least in recent memory, I I would think probably like seventies on, you know, this could be Mm -hmm. just about any time. Um, 
yeah, no, I, I kind of felt the same way about it too. That it could be a could be a fairly timeless kind of movie and and kind of story. Yes. So we get uh, the first segment is Los Angeles. We get introduced to Corky, who is a uh, she's a, a a spunky young cab driver, and uh, she's just in this beginning segment. She's dropping off a uh, rock manager and a couple of uh, rock singers. Looks like and. And they look to be stoned out of their minds, um, as some rock artists are wont to be. And uh, so she's dropping them off, and then she's looking for you know her next uh, fare to to get back into the city. And uh, happens to come across Victoria Snelling at the airport, and uh, she takes her up on her on her offer to drive her. I think she's headed to Beverly Hills. She says, and um, so they kind of they kind of get to talking while they're in the cab. And that's one of the things that's going to run through all of these different stories. And, and one of the reasons why uh, Jim Jarmusch was, was putting this movie together um, is he, I was listening to an interview that he gave and, and he was talking about, he was really interested uh, by the idea of taxi cabs and the idea that, you know, and he had been in some different taxi cabs uh, in different parts of the world and just some of those memories, he's like, yeah, you're you're basically trapped in a space with a complete stranger. Um, you can either be very, very honest because there's no, like there's nothing, you haven't invested in a relationship with this person. So you can either be very honest or you can lie about everything and it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, the person's not going to know the difference. And just... Just an interesting dynamic and an interesting relationship that writers have with taxi drivers. Um, and so I think he just, that was kind of one of his purposes was he wanted to show as we're, we're talking about a night on earth um, and showing in these different segments and different parts of the world, just what it's like from either from the view of the backseat of the taxi cab or from the driver themselves. Um, you know, what is it? You get to see a little bit about human nature, a little bit about, you know, things in some of these segments, things are not all that different between Los Angeles, New York, Paris, Rome, Helsinki. Um, you know, some things are the same, no matter what city you are, uh, what what city you're in on earth, what language you're speaking. Um, so that was kind of, he he made a point of saying that he had some some interesting cab rides in his past, and that kind of catapulted him to want to tell this story of different cab rides around the world over the course of one night. So um, the fun thing I think about this first segment is they're, I mean, they're very, very different people um, that Victoria is a casting uh, agent trying to find actors for a next big thing. And, and she's on the phone talking about how she's looking for some unknowns for some different parts. And, and of course, Corky is, uh, you know, kind of this quirky cab driver and she's talking about, you know, her life and ultimately what she's got planned for herself. She wants to be a mechanic, you know, eventually, yeah, maybe have a family, maybe have some kids, things like that. Um, and then as we get further on in the segment, we kind of see that um, while Victoria had been a little standoffish at the beginning, just because this quirky kid is is not, uh, you know, not the type of person she's normally around, um, but they kind of start to warm to each other as the ride goes on. And ultimately, by the end of the segment, she kind of gets this this little spark of an idea, and she's like, not only am I looking for unknowns, but 
this kid's kind of a natural. Like if I'm looking for somebody with a little bit of an attitude, a little bit of an edge, um, but they're not a quote unquote actor, um, maybe I could get this cab driver to be to try to you know be an actor in our in our next movie, and uh, offers her then the opportunity to become a a Hollywood actress. And oddly enough, Corky turns her down. She's like, no, I, I got uh, I kind of got everything planned out for myself, and I like what I'm doing. I don't want to lose my job. And so that ends up being kind of the end of the L.A. segment is that, you know, Corky gets offered the opportunity to be big-time Hollywood star and basically says, no, I'm good. Right. So right. Um, I- fun, fun Los Angeles segment. So tell me a little bit about how you felt about this segment. Yeah, I, I liked. I thought the, the the interplay between the two of them was uh, was great. I just liked that whole thing. Like, hey, I'm kind of fond of my luggage. Okay, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just getting chucked back in there, and and then all of a sudden she like closes the door on her. Like, uh, no, no, I, I I need my leg. <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. and that's just such a real thing that you would say. That didn't sound like a movie line, you know. Um, it it just it, I I just I found it very charming. I enjoyed this segment a whole lot. Yeah. Just it was like the odd couple, but they had something in common. Mm-hmm. What that something was was not very tangible, but you know, yeah, they were able to get along. Yeah. Um, well, and she's you know when she started when Corky started calling her mom, she's like, "Sure, mom." Yeah. Yeah. And at the end, I think didn't she t- didn't Victoria turn it around and call Corky she, mom? She, yeah, she yeah. called her mom. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it, yeah, like that's kind of how I felt about the segment. I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I found it, the humor worked, the odd couple pairing worked. And I thought it was cool that Corky, if I got the name right, was like, Hey, no, this is just what, this is what I want to do. I don't want to be an actress. Yeah. So. Well, and you get, you get a sense of their different priorities because Corky is, is like floored by getting a $20 tip. Mm-hmm. She's just been offered the opportunity to be a Hollywood actress where she could get a whole lot more. Right. But she's so excited that she got a $20 tip. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just very, very different priorities and, and good, bad or indifferent. It's, you know, it's, she's, she's true to herself. Yeah. And this is a, this is a good way. I think to set up the movie too, because it's just a little, charming vignette is that the right word it's like a little charming story that it's like oh this is going to be a fun movie yeah i like this it's not too over the top but again i found it captivating i didn't get bored there wasn't one part where i'm just like okay can we move it along please i mean it really you know it it was very interesting to me yeah all right. Well, segment number two, we jump over to we we jump across the country to New York for this one, and we start this one with it's it's cold outside, um, and we've got Yo Yo is his name, yeah. uh, played by yep. Giancarlo Esposito, who is just a great actor, you know, in his own right. Um, yep. And and fun to see fun to see an early movie of his after you know having seen him in some big stuff lately like Breaking Bad and The Mandalorian and and uh, right. stuff like that I think he's been in some video games lately and and uh, other stuff like that but to my knowledge I have only seen him in The Mandalorian okay so this was like oh really that's hit oh wow okay you know yeah just very different roles yeah 
Yeah, because I know he's been in. Um, I did not watch Breaking Bad, but I know he. That's one of his other big parts too. Is he was in Breaking Bad. Um, he was in. I think he was in Do the Right Thing. Okay. Um. He. What else was he in? I'll just. I'll pull up his. Let me IMDb that for you. This is this is the time on Sprockets where we dance. Yes. Dance, monkey dance. Um. He was, yeah, he's in The Mandalorian. Uh, oh, yeah, he was in the TV series The Boys that's on Amazon okay. Prime. Um, oh, what else? He was in, he's been in a lot of different things. Uh, he was in Better Call Saul, which is kind of the, you know, the spinoff of uh, Breaking Bad. Um, right. He was in, what else? A bunch of different TV shows. He's been a voice actor in a lot of different things, too. Um, Revolution. I remember we watched that TV show when that came out. Um, Revolution was the show where I, I think we noticed it when it first came out because it had, um, I think Wrigley Field was one of the first things you see in the trailer. Basically what it is is that the world uh, has had a global blackout um, okay. and like no electricity and so society has changed and it's it's like 15 or 20 years later um and i want to say he ends up being like one of the leaders or one of the generals of my, maybe what was left over as the US government or something like that um and so he was in that i mean he was a lot of times you see him as a bad guy okay like he tends to play a pretty good villain yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah. So yes, I, closer does. closer to 91, I can't think of anything else that I might have seen him in. Uh, he was in The Usual Suspects. Um, yes. Yes, he was. He was in Malcolm X, which we'll do next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, he was in Mo' Better Blues. Yeah. Who was yeah. he in Mo' Better Blues? He was uh, Left Hand Lacey. He played the piano. Oh my gosh, that's right. See, that's the thing. Like, I, I, he, I've seen him so much as Moff Gideon. Yeah, or that's what I see him as. It's it's imprinted. So yeah, yeah, that like crazy. Yeah. So yeah, no, he's he's been in been in quite a few stuff, but um, yeah. always a always a good actor in anything I've seen yeah. him in. And and this was no different. You know, just fun. Mm-hmm fun segment of him trying to hail a cab and uh things are just not going well for him right um and uh when he does and i guess so so a little bit of trivia here i guess when they were filming that scene all of those taxis that are passing him by and not stopping for him like Uh they were filming it and none of those you know that's all live that's all just him standing on the streets of new york and so they were a little worried they're like oh man we're gonna okay we're gonna try to do this but we're going to have to yell cut if one of these taxis stops for him because that'll totally ruin the whole idea of the scene that he can't get a cab. And luckily for right. them in in New York taxi cab fashion, nobody picked him up. So right. all the cabs drove by. They said that that was absolutely live and not those were not actors driving taxi wow. cabs. Um, wow. So they said worked out perfectly. But uh, he does. When he does finally manage to get a cab, it is uh, it's not quite the cab that he was expecting um much like batman the dark knight it wasn't the cab that he was expecting but it's the one that he deserved there you go i don't know it's the one he needed right now 
There it is. Yeah. It's the cab he needed right now. So that's right. Mm-hmm. Cause it had Helmut. Yeah. Yeah. Which he found hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's like naming your kid hat or like naming your kid. Uh, what was it? What was it? He actually said lampshade lampshade. It's like naming your kid lampshade. Yeah. But he wasn't laughing so much when he said his name was yo-yo and the other guy. laughed. Right? So what's, what is your name? Yo-yo. Yeah. Uh-huh. What? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. That was, that was very, very real, very human discussions. Mm-hmm. Right. That's mm-hmm. what I noticed with this movie. It's like, yeah, there's people out there that'll dish it but can't take it. Yeah. You know? And people that well, yeah, your name's funny. My name's not funny. My name makes sense. Why don't you get that? You know, it's yeah, I found that a very genuine uh discussion. Yeah. Yeah. So I I have I have a I have kind of a little story here. And I'm trying I'm trying to remember what town it was in. I don't remember what town it was in, but I know it was somewhere in central Illinois. Okay. Because I had a friend, uh, this is when we were in college, and a friend okay. of mine was talking about how they had gone to another college town, and I, I cannot, I'm not trying to like hide for anonymity the, the name of the college town. I really don't remember. Um, okay. But they were trying to find a, a ride back to somebody's apartment or whatever after going out to the bars. And mm-hmm. what this reminded me of when Helmut pulled up in his taxi and kind of the state of his taxi uh, and how mm-hmm. he was driving it is uh, these guys called for these friends of mine that were out at another college town called for a, a ride. And apparently the least expensive uh, ride that they could get was not a taxi service. It was a, a kind of taxi service, and, and you got to remember, this is before Uber and Lyft and, and all the rideshare stuff. Um, and so apparently this just piece of crap car um, oh, pulls up, and it's got a label on the side of it, and it was called something like Hoopty Ride. <laughs> yeah. And the guy <laughs> the guy rolls down the window, somebody call for a Hoopty? <laughs> nope. And, they, and they're like, well, we only got a few bucks, so yeah, I guess so. So they all piled oh, in, and, and, and I remember him saying, it was like, yeah, it was like the worst car ride ever because this car was just complete trash, yeah. and uh, and it was just not – it was like barely roadworthy. Yeah. So, um, yes. So that kind of reminded uh, me. When Helmet pulled up in his in his taxi cab, that's kind of what that reminded me of. That's what it made you think of. Uh-huh. Anybody call that's for outs- a hoopty? That's outstanding. Did anybody call for a hoopty? <laughs> <laughs> that is going to become a line that I use frequently. There you go. Like I am Groot. I think that line could yeah. be like your entire. You know, it's right. Right now, yeah. neither of my kids can drive, but they need to be transported everywhere. And my right. car, my car is not like not that old and, and not that beat up. But I kind of wish it was just so I could pull up whenever I pick them up from something. Uh huh. Yeah. Just get a giant decal, put it on the side of the car. Hoopty ride. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm I'm I am straight up using that from now on. Anybody call for a hoopty? I'd be down for that. Yes. So so I love this segment. Like this is probably and I'm gonna ask you this later, which one was your favorite segment of the five? This okay. might be my favorite one. Um okay. because I just I love the whole conversation between the two of them. Like, you know, helmet is 
He's not from America. Um, you know, he is. He's he's from Eastern Germany, and you know he, he the whole thing of him being a circus clown, and just the conversation between him and Yo Yo, and and even though they're kind of laughing at each other, it's not it's not mean spirited in any of it. No, um, no, and no, I just exactly. and I, and I just love the whole interplay between the two of these. So in terms of like the the relationship building of a taxi driver and their passenger, um, you know this one at least the part with the two of them, this one might have had some of my favorite moments. There you go. All right, man. Far out. So yeah, how'd you how did you feel about Yo Yo and Helmet? I, I enjoyed it. I, I really I'm worried because I I hope that my entire review of of this uh picture isn't just uh yeah man it was good. It felt good. It was refreshing. It was but I'm kind of finding myself that I enjoyed. I, I I liked being a fly on the wall for the conversation. I like how the the conversations. It's they seemed these first two have seemed very. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and sound like an advanced movie review critic. They, they seem very organic. Yeah. And like, what do I mean by that? Because I don't even know if that's the appropriate. Go ahead, write your write write your film class essay here. Go for it. Yeah, I know. I it it just it seemed very natural. It seemed like conversations that could really be had. Mm-hmm. You know, not I'm not going to roast it, but like conversations in Quentin Tarantino movies stick out, right? Yeah, they stick out because they are just so. Uh, unique, wordy. I mean, however you want to describe him, Quentin Tarantino, you know, he has his style of conversations, Aaron Sorkin conversations, same thing. Like, you know, when it's Aaron Sorkin writing it, because it's like, it just, it has that rhythm. It has that flow. It has certain key phrases, all that kind of stuff. This, it, it seemed, this seemed like if you had just stuck a recorder in the car, you would be having these, hearing these conversations, right? Yeah. Like they didn't feel overly rehearsed. They didn't feel overly canned or generic. They seemed like very just regular conversations. Well, and, and especially when we get to the Rome segment, it, that pretty much was unscripted almost the entire thing. Yeah, I okay, I can I can I, <laughs> yeah, I can you, believe that. You can imagine with that. I one. could Yeah, I could I could imagine that one. Um but yeah, I I I'm just going to ramble around for the next 10 minutes and say the same thing I just said. I think that's was my reaction is okay, just two dudes having a conversation and I'm I'm enjoying it. And like what I'm trying to figure out is is this sort of like my dinner with Andre? where the topics that they're talking about, I'm marveling at how, oh, wow, the more things change, the more they stay the same. This is relevant to today. Um, Or, you know, is it the interplay between the two different characters? I I, like, I'm not, I'm not sure. That's the thing. I'm not sure why I'm so enthralled by this. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I can't put my finger on it. Like, well, this is why I find this so entertaining. you know, it, I, I'm sorry. I've kind of, I've kind, I'm to kind of come up to. I, this is why I find the movie so enthralling. It's the wrong word. What did I say at the beginning? Uh, the cap- captivating. Are, 
captivating because I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure yeah. why I'm just so entertained by this. Are you not entertained? You know? Am I not entertained? So, so yeah, in answer to your question, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a very real conversation. Again, we're seeing people from two different walks of life. Um, and you know, the idea that the guy was the, you know, the immigrant that didn't really speak much English or know how to drive a car. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the Moff Gideon, uh, guy was able to help him out and, um, you know, he had a good heart and he was like, Hey man, let me, let me help you out. And then his, what was it? His sister-in-law, Rosie Perez was his sister-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, I mean, she's just entertaining as all get out. Yeah. And, well, you know, uh, it takes it takes several minutes, and then finally she's like, "Wait a minute, why are you driving the taxi?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like they've been in the car for quite a while, and all of a sudden she's like, "Hold, whoa, 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 hold on a second, They're what are you doing up. driving the cab?" Yeah, um, yeah. I I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I wish I wish I had something more insightful to say, but it's just it's just a very good realistic conversation. Yeah. Now, the next segment in Paris, um, this is where, well, actually, let me back up for just a second, because the New York segment where Helmut asks him to drive the cab um, is actually where, I, I think, where the idea for this movie partially got started, um, because Jim Jarmusch said that in one of the interviews I was listening to, he said that he had a pretty memorable cab ride in Paris and he was picked up by a Chinese cab driver, mm-hmm. and it was like his second day on the job. And you know, he, he said, "I I need you to show me how to get to your hotel." Um, you know, and he kind of he kind of apologized to Jim, and he and he said, "You know, I will, you know, in, in one month I will be a very good cab driver. Um, I just need you to help me right now. I'm I've just started, and and so." He said that, you know, he, he walked him through directions on how to get him to his hotel and, and everything else. And, and uh, you know, he said he, he dropped him off and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm never going to see this person ever again. Well, apparently a, a week later, he was in one of the kind of like the, the Chinese quarter, one of the areas of, of Paris. Okay. And okay. Uh, he got picked up by the same cab driver. Oh, really? And he's like, even a week later, he was doing better. <laughs> there you go. So there um, you go. But yeah, so that was that was kind of a fun that was kind of a fun real life story that kind of got turned into one of these segments. But and and just the the sincerity of Helmut's character and just how you know even though it kind of doesn't end well for him because he's still lost by the time mm-hmm. you know he he has to turn the car back around and try to find his way back. Um, so I don't know that I'd necessarily say that segment has a happy ending, but um, you know it at least the rest of it was at least kind of a, a nice snapshot of a, a brief little human relationship. Yeah. Now we jump into yeah. the next pe- segment and the next segment is Paris. And Can I, before oh, we, yeah. before oh, we go. do Paris, did you find that one ending, not a happy ending? What, what, what was your take on helmets? Like looking around, was it like a little bit of panic? Were you seeing like, man, I'm kind of overwhelmed or was it like, Hey, down to business. I got to figure this out. I, Little you know, bit of, and just little, kind of that active looking around. Like, what was your what was your take on the end of it? A little bit of both. I okay. I kind of I saw it as I saw it as he was genuinely trying to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I was a little sad for him because he's still very yeah. lost. Yeah. 
And I don't know. So he had this great moment where he met somebody from New York and they talked and, and it all went well. But because, because Yo-Yo drove the car and, and basically did it all for him, you know, he didn't really learn anything. Right. So. The car did smooth out at the end, right? He did figure out how to not drive two-footed. Yes. Right. Yeah, he was okay. he was at least driving a little bit better. But yeah, I, I don't know that I don't know that having so he got a good conversation out of it. Um you know, and, and maybe it it being his first day and, and if if Yo Yo was his first customer, um, then maybe that was a good confidence boost for him. But you know, he's he's leaving by the end of that and he really hasn't learned anything about driving a taxi. Right. Except maybe how to talk to people. Right. True, true. But yeah. So I don't know. I, I saw it as I don't know. I don't know if I'd say it was it was or was not a happy ending. I felt a little sad watching it that he was still lost. Got it. All right. Or maybe not even sad. I don't know. I don't know what the right word is. I had right. I, I felt a little pity for him. Yeah. And you find yourself kind of thinking of those characters. Yeah. I mean, it leaves you all of these leave you with. I like how they have. Well, I don't want to do the spoiler deal too much, but the first ones that we've left, it's. Uh, the movie talent scout just kind of, you know, bringing stuff into her house. This one, it shows Helmet kind of driving and trying to figure out, okay, where do I go now? Like they're kind of life goes on and you see the, you see the life going on. You know, they don't walk away and fade to black or fade to whatever. They, it shows them getting on with their life. Mm -hmm. You know, that really drives that point home. So yeah, I don't know. It's just a little question of mine. On to Paris. Yeah, yeah. On to so Paris. So Paris. So this is where it kind of takes an interesting turn in, I see some, Paris. in some of the stories. I see Paris. I see France. Mm-hmm. Um, this one to me took an interesting turn. I still, I still liked it. Like I thought this one was really good. Um, part of my problem initially, um, and it's kind of interesting because the the director actually in the interview I was listening to. He said that sometimes he would watch foreign films and that he didn't always have captioning on. Um, okay. So he couldn't understand what was being said, but he liked watching it that way because you could get, you could really get the feel of, of you know, how these characters were communicating just by visuals, just by body language, just by how they, how they are, um, how they're emoting their words and, and things like that. Um and so he he said that sometimes he enjoyed watching foreign films that way because it, you know, it, it you weren't then so focused on the dialogue piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you were mm-hmm. focused on how the characters are communicating to each other. And interesting enough, the version of this that we started to, or that I started to watch, um, it had no <laughs> it had no subtitles. Yeah, you took the. Uh... The hardcore deep end of the pool approach to that. So I was, I, and I've taken French. Like I've had, I mean, it's been a long time, but I had seven years of French. So I could pick up a little bit here and there um, as they were talking. But I, once we get to, once we get to Rome and especially Helsinki, I would have had no clue what was going on. Right, um, right. So I got a good, decent portion of what they were saying before I realized, oh yeah, I've I've still got a few, like a week or so left on my HBO Max uh, subscription and mm-hmm. this, this movie's on there. So let me go over to that one and put subtitles on. Um, and thankfully everything that I thought I got in, in the dialogue, I did like, I missed a couple little things, oh, but there you go. I was, I was pretty proud of myself. I, there, there'd be yeah, no man. way. I don't know that I can speak any of it, but 
I figured, hey, you know what? I I picked up, I picked up enough to know what was going on in this scene. So right, I was, I was happy right. about that. Um, well, good. So this is where it kind of takes a little bit of a turn, and okay. I feel like up to this point, the relationships have been positive and fairly good natured. Um, and this one is very. There's a lot of conflict here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's definitely conflict with his first couple of passengers, the African ambassadors, yeah. uh, who are just, right. who are just jerks to begin with. Um, yep. And which I mean, still a funny scene, but yeah, definitely he. I'm surprised he waited long. He waited as long as he did to kick him out of the cab. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and then he picks up the blind woman, and and he just. It was another of those, to use your word, I was captivated. So I, I was definitely definitely hooked and, and definitely wanted to see where this conversation was going. But it was much more difficult to watch because you knew he was going to keep putting his foot in his mouth mm-hmm. with things he was asking or things he was saying or whatever the case might be. And and like she, she was not ready to suffer any fools at all. Mm-hmm. So it was much more of a strained relationship in the cab and, and – not that I expect every segment of this story to be a positive one and to be, oh, yes, the rider and the cab driver ultimately get along with each other. And um, so this one, I, I, while I liked, I really like this one, um, it definitely took a turn for the more combative relationship between driver and, and uh, passenger. Sure. 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 My, one, of my favorite, I mean... one of my favorite lines from the whole movie is probably in this scene. I thought blind people wore dark glasses. I don't know. I've never seen a blind person. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, and, and her and her did. and her whole thing of why are you taking the tunnel? I told you I don't want to take the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And he's like looking like, how did you know we're in a tunnel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that was uh that was it was interesting. It was interesting seeing seeing them interplay. Um and like you said, now we're getting a little bit more, okay, this isn't going to be a lighthearted comedy all the way through. Yeah. Right? What was your take on the end? Was it like he ended up crashing because, you know, even though she was blind, she had it figured out and knew how to go through the world and he was struggling? Or was he kind of like staring after her and he crashed the car? I wasn't quite sure what they were saying there i think part of it was he wasn't he wasn't focused Mm -hmm. that he she's focused like she knows she knows who she is she knows what she wants where she needs to go um you know and she she kept making those comments uh, or you know throughout their whole conversation you know i i feel colors i experience things in the world that you will never experience and you know, she just is very in tune with everything, it seemed like, um, whereas he just seems kind of kind of lost. Okay. You know, kind of, uh, I almost, in fact, I, I almost wondered, like, how did he get that Band-Aid on his head? Mm-hmm. You know, is he so unaware of his surroundings that he bumped into something? And that's why he's got the Band-Aid. So, yeah. so he's kind of, he's a little, maybe he's a little clumsy to begin with. So... Maybe that's why and she is partially very, and she just, I mean, she's blind, but she can tell you everything about her surroundings. Right. And she was very put together is the wrong word, but I mean, you know, she didn't have band-aids from bumping into things. Right. Let's put it that way. Right. 
Yeah. So no, I I thought that I thought that that segment was was an interesting one. I, I like that one. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the fourth segment <laughs> is <Yeah>. so. <laughs> so the fourth segment is Rome. Yes. And um, it's uh, Roberto Benigni, who, if you've ever seen <laughs> any of his other any of his other movies or roles, I mean, this is kind of his. It's it's a little. I wouldn't put it so far as to say it's it's like Woody Allen kind of manic energy, mm-hmm. um, but I can see where it could be similar. It's high energy. It's high energy. I tell you what, though, I would rather watch. I, I'd rather watch a dozen Roberto Benigni, you know, performances than like five minutes of Woody Allen. I'm still not a right, Woody, I, still not a Woody yes. Allen fan. <laughs> I, yes, and yes. I, I can know, uh... I can handle this high energy much more than I can somebody like a you know, a, a, a Woody Allen type character. Right. Well, have you ever known any talkative people? I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. and that's just kind of what it is. He's just talkative dude where the story just keeps going. And that priest, yeah. I'm not a bishop. Okay. But I've got the bishop. I mean, he's back there going, Oh my God, like what? Are, and then yeah. Yeah. he's popping the pills and that doesn't do anything. Yeah. And then he leaves him on the park. I mean, like you talk about dark comedy and, and yeah. it worked. I, I found myself laughing, you know. Yeah. Well, and he, and he we we are family friendly, so I'm not going to go too much into his story that he tells as he's trying to confess. Um, oh my gosh! But yeah, as no. he's as he's telling the story, we are he's he's telling the story that involves uh, pumpkins and sheep, and then his sister in law, and <laughs> and 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 the funniest part was what kind of made me chuckle out loud in the one part is he's and he's just going and mm-hmm. and I almost in the back of my mind before I looked at at the uh, trivia part of IMDb I'm like he's got to be making some of this stuff as he goes along <laughs> like I pictured this the the one person you could replace in this part and it would still feel very similar would be like a Robin Williams uh-huh. that you could just unleash them just say you're in a taxi cab you've got a priest in the back of your cab you feel compelled to confess uh, ready action and i feel like you'd right. get something similar to this um but it, the part where i kind of laughed out loud is where <laughs> is where he's talking about he's he's now progressed to the point where he's telling the story about his sister-in-law yes and he's telling the story about his, and it all comes full circle because he's like and this reminded me of a pumpkin and then there was this that reminded me of wool which then reminded me of the sheep which <laughs> my woolen or the woolen underwear yes <laughs> And I just sit there going, oh, yep, there we are. It's it's all come Mess. back now. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh yeah. This I mean this this whole this whole segment, it's one of those that like by the end of it, you're tired. Yeah. But at the same time, it was hilarious. It was. And very dark comedy and yes. Oh, very dark because you know, three quarters of the way through the confession, the priest dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't figure out whether he was kind of messing with him or yeah. if he was legit just like trying to talk to him about it. Cause then the priest is like, well, why don't you take off your glasses? Oh my gosh. I have my sunglasses. I was blind. Now I can see, you yeah. know, and he's, he's kind of making jokes at that. And I'm just like, okay, see, is he, you know, pulling shenanigans on the guy or is he, uh, well, right. And that's, that's, that's what we don't know. Like we, he could have been lying about this entire thing. Yeah. It could have just been because we already know he's kind of a little bit of a trickster. That whole thing with when the when the priest was trying to get in the cat taxi cab and he's like backing up and then pulling forward and then backing mm-hmm. up a little bit more and just not quite letting the priest in. And 
Um, you know, so we know he's we know he's maybe a little crazy, um, mm-hmm. and and a little bit of a trickster. So I can only imagine that someone with that kind of sense of humor gets a priest who seems a little uncomfortable in his taxi cab and knows, all right, I've I've got this guy trapped here with me until we get to the other side of town. Um, I'm going to make up this ridiculous story about, you know, things I want to confess, and I'm going to make them the most extreme things that this priest has probably ever heard. Um, Mm -hmm. Ready, go. Yes. So, no, we don't know. I mean, as a as a narrator, as a character, he's completely unreliable because we have mm-hmm. no idea if he's being honest about this or not. Um, if, if he is, God help him. Um, yeah. If he's not, that's funny, too. But then I think it gets a little too serious when he realizes that, you know, whether he's being truthful or not, he's had a priest die in the back of his taxi cab. <laughs> and he and, just ditches him. And he, yeah, just, <laughs> and, and puts the sunglasses on him. No. Oh man. Uh, so that here, was something yeah. that made me think like right out of a like the big Lebowski. Yeah. Or Fargo. Or yeah. something you'd see in a movie like that. Yeah. So question for you as we transition into our fifth and final segment, which takes us to Oof, Helsinki. Yeah. Um how would you how would you have ended this movie? Would you have ended it? So let's let's say all five of these segments are in here. Um, would you have ended it? Because part of me was like, wow, the Helsinki one kind of ends on a downer. Um, yeah. Maybe I would have ended it with, maybe I would have ended it with Rome. Maybe I would have ended it with Paris. I don't know. I was just, I was in my own head. I was trying to think because you don't these don't have to be in this particular order. Like they could have been put in any order. Sure. And it could have been fine. Um, Now, granted, you might have to have Helsinki last because that's just how you have to finish. Ah, There it is. Thank you. There it is. I was waiting for that one. You were Um, winding up for that one, man. That's prepared material. That's awesome. I was. It was in my notes and everything. So, yeah. (laughs) we're, I'd like to say we're here all week, but I, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> that was last week. That, that was last week. We were here all week last week. Um, so, yes, other than needing to finish with Helsinki, um, would you have changed the order of any of these? Like, it's does that change? I mean, I think it definitely would change the whole overall theme of the movie if you ended with, let's say you flip-flop Helsinki and Rome. Because Rome is much more of a comedy, dark comedy, but a comedy segment. Helsinki is not, because you've got a, a, a driver that picks up these three drunks, and they're complaining about how their buddy has had the worst day of his entire life. And then he counters, the driver counters by saying, nope, I, I can tell you about the worst day of my entire life. It's when my baby daughter died um, <laughs> after my wife and I had gone back and forth as to whether or not we were going to love this child because we knew its time could be limited and, and so on and so forth. Um, and then she wanted a divorce and then like all this other stuff. Yeah. Pretty, pretty rough day. And so, and that's, that's basically how the movie ends is with this segment and it being a, a much more depressing segment than the rest of them. Um, yeah. I mean, does this, 
does this end the way you expected it to end or would you have flip-flopped any of these? I, I really think I would want to, I want to read some interviews from the guy that did it to find out what his thoughts were. Cause I don't, I, like I said, I'm captivated by it, but I don't feel like I understand everything hundred percent. And before I go about changing it, Oh, I, let's put this here and let's put this here. I want to know what are his reasons for doing this? I'm, I'm really curious, I, you know, explain it to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to have to pull back and just say, I don't, I don't want to change anything unless I hear some explanations of, okay, well, this is what I was trying to show. And here were the purposes for that movie. And, and maybe it's just, he's just trying to make an interesting movie and a compelling movie. And okay. Then, you know, why end on a somber note like that? Is it important just to remember, Hey, you know, you never know who you're with and they might have it worse than you. And I, yeah. So I, I don't know that I could change anything mm-hmm. because I would want to know the motivations behind it in the first place. Yeah. What about you? You're going to change it up. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it really, I mean, if the whole idea is, is that this is a film about strangers being trapped with each other in a moving vehicle for a, an amount of time and and building a zero-stakes relationship. Um, I don't know that it really matters how you end it. Now, okay, yeah. now, now granted, if you end with, let's say you end with Rome, you are ending it on more of a comedic note. Right. And you kind of started on a little bit of a comedic note, especially with New York. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, but I think it definitely would change. It would change the flavor of the overall movie a little bit. If, Certainly, if you, oh, yeah. if you ended it with, let's say, the Rome segment. What I thought could have been interesting, which kind of gives you a little bit of both is flip-flop Helsinki and Paris. Okay. So end it with the blind woman walking off and the other guy crashing his taxi into somebody else's car. Um, you know, because that gives you a little bit of comedy. Um, <laughs> but it's also kind of got a, a somber to- tone to it that, you know, they were in this yes. cab together and, and they... They talked for a while and talked about some fairly intimate things. Um, but when all is said and done, she walked on and carried on with her life. And he carried on and got in a crash five seconds later and moved on right, to the next thing, right. arguing with somebody else. And I don't know. I, I in, in the back of my mind, when I was thinking about this um, and knowing I was mm-hmm. going to pose this question, um, part of me was like, maybe I would have ended it with Paris. Right. Because I do get ending it with Helsinki and having that very serious and and kind of sad story. I don't want to say depressing, mm-hmm. but sad story. Um yeah, I don't I don't know. I I just something in me felt like I might have ended that differently. Right. I get right. it. Like I get what they were doing with it and I get how it still fits with the overall flavor of the story. Um mm-hmm. yeah, I I might have ended it with Paris. Okay. Yeah, that's just me though, it's, and, and like we always say, nobody's asking us to make movies. So no, true, you know. true. 
but this is definitely one that you could kind of rewatch in your own order. Right. Right. Now, the only other the only other thing that I, as I was thinking more about it after having watched it, the only other thing I wanted to bring up is what might have disappointed me a little bit in this movie is that other than language and some visual locations and sometimes not even that um once you got once you got to Paris and Rome and Helsinki there really wasn't much that made it necessary to film in those locations yeah, you want a yeah. little bit more of the love letter to Rome and Helsinki and right. Paris. Like there was nothing about the the conversation. If you switch the conversation in the cab from French to English and you put it in Chicago, there was really nothing about the Paris cab ride that mm-hmm. was that was distinctively Parisian. No, I I, I hear what you're saying, and. It, it might have been a little bit at cross purposes if they're trying to show the similarities all across right. the world. Exactly. Yeah. You no, know? I mean, which is maybe I'm just <laughs> stating the obvious or stating what you've already stated, which would be a restatement. But uh, yeah, I know I, I hear what you're saying, and it would have been it would have been cool to explore those cities a little bit more. But yeah, I just I don't know if that would have been in the purview of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Like what what is it that makes you know this cab ride in Paris with this this uh, African immigrant man and the blind woman. What is it that makes and and maybe part of it is that the and that first conversation between him and the other two guys that are from Africa, you know the, I know that there is having not been from France or Paris, um, I know that there is tension in uh, immigrants and refugees. Um, you know, from different African countries um, and how sure. they, they might not necessarily get along with each other. And a place, a city like Paris, um, really is a place that over the years has brought in a lot of different refugees and a lot of different immigrants from, you know, in particular from African countries. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, that first part of that scene maybe leans a little bit more towards being particularly Parisian. Um, or something that would be specific to Paris as a city. Mm-hmm. But then the mm-hmm. rest of them, I mean, I don't know. Having been to having been to Rome and having been to Italy and having been around large Italian families, uh, mm-hmm. my, my wife's not my own, um, you know, the some of the humor and some of the uh, verbal energy of that Rome segment, um, you know, <clears throat> that could be seen as being particularly Italian, I guess. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. And I'm wondering too, if, if there are things that I'm missing just because I'm not, I didn't go to film school and I'm wondering if there right. are in these segments, I wonder if it's like, if I went to film school, maybe I could look at that and go, Oh, well in this scene, he is mimicking the style of the great French, uh, auteur filmmaker, um, yeah, or in Rome, he is you know doing this, which is an homage to, um, mm-hmm. you know. So maybe that's happening because I did read on the IMDb page that I guess the Helsinki part of it, that segment is done in a style similar to a famous Finnish uh, filmmaker. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't know enough about other 
foreign films and foreign directors to be able to identify that kind of stuff right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I hear a piece of music and I know it's James Horner or I know it's uh, Hans Zimmer or I know it's John Williams, but I don't know my European film well enough to be like, ah, yes, that is uh, definitely in the style of so-and-so. So in other words, what you're saying is that uh, we're kind of like in uh, Star Trek for the voyage home, when Kirk and Spock are discussing colorful metaphors on the bus, we're kind of operating like Spock. Captain, I've noticed the uh, use of colorful metaphors since our arrival. Ah, the the giants, Mm -hmm. you know, like that Ah. kind of thing. That's (laughs) yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of us. Okay. We, we, we've noticed these things. We just don't know. Yeah exactly what the significance is or is not or might or might not be. Yeah, could be could be the case. But if I'm not missing something, then that's where I wish maybe they had taken it a little bit further or or okay. focused on that a little bit more is what is it that makes this cab ride French individually or... French. You know, what is it that right. makes this cab ride so Roman? Um mm-hmm. I mean, granted, apparently late at night, people are having a lot of fun on the streets of Rome. Um, yes, man. Motorcycles and alleyways. and Yeah. I thought you would appreciate the motorcycle, but um, yeah, everybody's flight of the bumblebeeing everywhere. Um, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> ah, Venice. Um, Venice. <laughs> uh, I, I like the Austrian way better, too. Um. Yeah, that I think that might be my one of my only criticisms is because I don't, especially the Helsinki one. Um, mm-hmm. I I get the human relationship that is being built there, and and the conversation, and the telling of a story, and and the kind of bearing of his soul, and and all of that, and the connection that those people are making inside that taxi cab. But I don't know. I don't know anything about Finland. And I don't know anything about Helsinki, and I don't come away from that segment knowing anything new about Finland or Helsinki. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I know the story, and I know that as humans they made a connection there. But I think what I would have liked to, and it, it doesn't mean that they have to turn it into a tourist film for each of these cities, but I think it would have been nice to just have something there to say. This is definitely more than just saying, "Look at this clock; it says Helsinki under it." Um, more than just that, what is something that makes it particularly Finnish or makes it particularly mm-hmm. Italian or French or uh, New York or Los Angeles? Right. I hear you. I hear you. No. Which I feel like they get to in the New York segment. I feel like that whole thing of like the, you know, the perceived rudeness of new, especially New York taxi drivers or, um, you know some of that stuff. I think, I think you you see a lot of different things where people are like, ah, yeah, there's that's New York. Mm-hmm. You know, true or not, that's I've never been to New York, so I, I don't know. But that's what I always hear from, you know, people from New York or from TV shows or from movies is that, you know, yeah, maybe not everybody is the politest person in the world in New York, and uh, you you might be standing on the side of the road for a very long time trying to get a taxi cab because they don't just want they don't they just don't want to pick you up. Mm-hmm. But I would have liked to see that from all the different segments. Not not like it doesn't have to be a huge amount, but just something that tells me here's why we filmed it. Here's here's why we picked Paris. Here's why mm-hmm. we here's why we picked Rome. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Copy that, man. I hear yeah. what you're saying. All right. Uh, do we have anything else we want to say about all these different segments or anything else before we jump into our three questions? No, but the, I mean, just much discussion, at, uh, you know, over this movie. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of fun. The puzzle is ongoing, you yeah. know? Well, and this is one that you can, I mean, you can do this, especially if you, if you tied it into the location a little bit more and, and really gave that, you know, here's, here's something that's particularly Chicago or here's something that's particularly Seattle or here's something that's particularly Buenos Aires or I don't know, pick different, pick five different locations and, you know, do a sequel to this and just do mm-hmm. more stories. And I feel like if you did that, number one, this would be a great TV show. Um, yeah. you know, if every episode was just a different cab ride, um, you know, do it as a, do it as like a short form, 20 minute, uh, you know, 22 minute episodes, do like a little half hour episodes, like, uh, Ash versus evil dead or, or old, you know, sitcoms like cheers or something like that. Do like a 20 minute, 22 minute. Every episode is a different city. Right. That'd be yeah. Fun. I'd, I'd watch it. Oh yeah, man. I'd buy Sounds that for good. a dollar. I'd buy that for a dollar. All right. Well, Patrick, I think it's time for three questions. It's time. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, three questions for Night on Earth. Question number one, do you have any taxi or rideshare stories? I... I don't know that I do. I mean, you know, some fun ones when I was in Italy where like what I was saying was not understood by the driver and then he'd repeat it back. And then it was like, I don't hear the difference of what I'm saying and what you're saying, but right. you don't understand what I'm saying. So, but, okay. But, as long as we get to what yeah, I want to get. But Pat, what you were saying was wrong. Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, uh. Um, yeah. So I don't know that I've got, I, I don't know that I've got one. Okay. Yeah, man, I'm sorry. There's, I've got some secondhand ones, but since I didn't live those, I don't know that I really want to yeah. claim them as my own. Uh, we've had, the only ones I could think of is, in, and particularly in, I think it was Milan and Rome. Uh, I mean, we had some, and this was with family, so I mean, I was there with my mom and dad and, and siblings. I mean, we had some white knuckle cab rides, um, mm-hmm. you know, where you got, you got to see the you got to see the city of Milan and Rome on fast forward. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, other than that, the only other one I could think of that was, you know, e- even kind of slightly funny or, or embarrassing was um, we went down, it, there was a work trip where we went down to Orlando or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the person who was our boss at the time uh, mm-hmm. was oftentimes trying to put into practice uh, 
their ability to speak Spanish. Okay. And we had a taxi driver that when, when part of the, this conference was done, we would go to one of the theme parks in Orlando. Um, mm-hmm. And from what I remember of one of the cab rides, I believe the guy was from, I want to say he was from Africa. I don't recall what country in Africa. And I feel like for some reason, Uh-oh. for some reason, our particular boss at this time, she decided to start speaking some Spanish to him. <laughs> Uh-oh. I don't know why I recall that. Not not a, not the best look. No. No. And I yeah, I don't recall why. <laughs> I mean, you would have had more luck with French just cuz French is spoken more in in African countries oftentimes than Sure. Sure. Yeah. But um yeah, I don't I don't recall quite why. But I just remember that being kind of an interesting palm planted firmly on face kind of taxi ride. Yeah. 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 All right, well, question number two, which of the five cities would you rather visit of the five Rome. cities that are featured? You'd go Rome? Okay. Yeah, Rome. Have you been the to Rome before? City. I have. You have. You've mentioned that before, yeah. Yeah, and I'd want to be more, but all the cities, you know, I'd love to, I, I love traveling, man. I love seeing other places. I love all of that, you know, living or attempting to live in the culture and, and all that. So any of those cities would be good. I, I've... I've been to LA um, a couple of times, explored some parts of it, um, but I was kind of on a mission, Mm -hmm. on a mission, boy, I was on my super secret spy mission. Mm -hmm. No, I was kind of, uh, you know, had to kind of stay on target with what was, you know, the reason I was out there and everything. And and then uh, I've never been to New York. I've never been to Helsinki and I've never been to uh, Paris, but all of those would be you make places your, that I would like to visit. You make your trip to Los Angeles sound like you're like James Bond or something. I I wish I was I was in Los Angeles with uh, Money Penny and I, yeah that that definitely it, it I hate to say it it, it, it was more like uh, I was on a mission to get to the beaches and the, the surf. You ah, know what I'm saying? There we go. Uh, that was kind of more of the mission you, that I was on. You were on a uh, mission a from times. God. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um. But. Uh, Yeah. 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 I, in my response to this one, I kind of, I immediately nixed uh, Paris and Rome just because I've already been there. Um, All right. So I was like, "Ah, I've been there before, so let's go somewhere new. I have never been to Los Angeles. I've never been to New York, and I've never been Mm -hmm. to Helsinki. Um, Yeah, there you go. I mean, if I was going to go somewhere, just that it it would be somewhere, you know, foreign and non-American just so I can experience something new, I'd obviously pick Helsinki. Um, Mm -hmm. but part of me is like, well, there's all the history and culture of New York that I would love to go Mm -hmm. see sometime. Um, but also being the movie fan that I am and knowing that I would love to go somewhere and see like different filming locations. You know, I'd love to go to the Griffith observatory where they filmed part of Rocketeer and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, just some of those other different locations. Uh, part of me is like, well, I might pick Los Angeles. Because, sure. you know, that I, I would love to explore some of the, you know, like the, the Hollywood aspect of Los Angeles. Um, yeah. And I honestly don't know how much there is to see with all that. I don't I don't know how much of a, you know, if a tourist going to Los Angeles, how much you can tour some of that or how much there, you know, is it just warehouses that you don't really even get to see much of anything? Or, um, you know, if you go there, can you really 
take some tours and and get to see different locations that you would re- you'd recognize from movies or TV shows or things like that. So I don't know I, if it was that I might pick I might pick a Los Angeles. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff in New York I'd want to see too. They're all cool places, yeah. man. They're all cool places. Gotta uh, go to them all. Absolutely, it's like a Pokemon. Um, question number three. Do you have a bring it home? Bring it home. Uh, and whether or not we, we have an answer to this one, I don't know yet. Um, do you have a question you've ever asked that you immediately regretted? Uh, you know, nothing big, but there's times that, you know, you get people at a bad time. Yeah. You know, you'll be at work and you, you knock on the boss's door. Hey, you got a second? Yeah, come on in. All right, I got this. Yeah, this isn't a good time. I'm sorry. Like, those are kind of more the situation, not like, you know, nothing huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing huge. But I would say that just more, you know, bad timing. Yeah. You got anything? I The only one I could think of is I think for like a hot second in middle school um, when we had moved back from England – I think that I thought I was maybe slightly cooler than I was. Uh-oh. And I think there was a point in time we were going to have our eighth grade dance. And I think I asked a girl to the dance that might have been very much out of my league. <laughs> and I think the moment <laughs> the moment I might have asked a question, like, what just came out of my mouth? Yeah. <laughs> like, why, why, did you, why did you do that? Oh, I'm sorry. That's so. Too and it was. Bad. It was kind of. A, I, I. From what I recall, it was just kind of a very nice. Oh no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. That's, all, right. all right, okay. I, I, thank you for your consideration. I would like wanted to have it be like some kind of like rejection letter that you you know sent in a writing sample. Sure. And they're like, sure. You know, thank you for sending in your sample, but uh, we're not currently accepting new submissions and. Um, hey man, hey, you know what? You just moved. It was first and ten. Sometimes you got to stretch so, the field a little bit. I think you I know figured. What I'm saying? You I gotta, think I think I figured because it was Southwest Missouri and I had a British accent that I somehow yeah. you know like ranked a little higher than I did. And hey, just, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna put it on them. I'm you know like I said, sometimes you just gotta like. Uh, sometimes, sometimes you just gotta send the ball downfield and see what happens. You gotta swing for the fences a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now sometimes you also get beamed. Uh, and you got to take first base, but you know, it's sometimes you got to swing. Yeah. I just think in yeah. retrospect, we shouldn't, you know, judge young John too harshly. I think, you know, you oh, make your play, man. Oh, believe me. There's plenty of other things I, I judge young John harshly on. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I one of the funniest things about moving to Southwest Missouri after living in England and having a British accent is uh-huh. the the first assumption, and I actually I actually got this comment made at me um, when I said uh, when I said no, I, I I used to live in London, and one of them was like, London, Texas. I think I got some family from there. It's like Austin, Massachusetts. No, no, no not London, not London, Texas. No, mm-hmm. no, not quite. But that's okay. We're we're all fine here now. How are you? uh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah who is this (laughs) what's your operating number um but yeah so all right well patrick i think that's gonna do it for night on earth 
I think it will, except for the time I got to watch it again, because like I said, yeah. it's just, I, there's more to unpack. Well, and, and I'd love to see, this is one that I'd love to see, I don't even know if you'd call it a remake. You could call it a remake, you call it a sequel, I don't think it really matters, um, but mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I, would li- I would love to see some, you know, I'd love to see an updated version of this. Yeah. You know, pick some different. Yeah, we would. Pick some different cities. Um, what might make it interesting is, are there taxis anymore? Uh, or or yeah. does everybody just take an Uber? Right. Which, I mean, has its own interesting ideas behind it. You know, the taxi driver versus the Uber driver. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's other stuff you can do with that. Yeah. But. All right. Like I said, that's going to do it for us this time around for Night on Earth. Uh, this was episode number 385. We are 15 away. Just 15 away from episode number 400. So we are I, cruising. I, I feel like we just like hit a milestone not that long ago of 300 and then 350, but now we're we're creeping up on 400 already. So um, we have some uh, we have some fun stuff in mind for 400. Uh, actually, I think awesome. the plan is I think the plan is we're going to go back and re-record the uh, the infamous lost episode of uh, Gremlins, Ghostbusters, and Nightmare on Elm Street. So cool. So you're going to have to watch Nightmare on Elm Street again. I know. <laughs> But that was my I, first foray into horror movies. It, it was, and I think I think you've grown a lot, Pat, mm-hmm. in the years and since. I enjoyed Nightmare on Elm Street. I think my brother yeah. said, Patrick, I think when you watch it, you're gonna find it. It's pretty tame. Yeah. So yeah, nowadays compared to some other stuff, it's it, it, it might be fairly tame. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, we are at 30podcast.com at our website. If you want to go check that one out, it's you can find all the other information there, all of our past episodes. Uh, you can search the episodes there as well if you're looking for something in particular. But we have plenty of stuff. If you want to listen to one episode every day for a year, you got you got plenty of content there to go take a look at. Um, you can leave us a voicemail there uh, at our website. We also have a voicemail line you can call into. It's 872 872- Three five six six eight four three, which comes out to eight seven two three five movie. If you are, if you've got one of the old phones, uh, you still have uh, letters on your numbers there. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't forget to check out our sponsor and the rest of the shows, the Scene Stealers Podcast Network. Head over to scenestealersglobal.com. Uh, our next episode's coming up in the, our month of December is our kind of leftovers month where things didn't quite fit uh, into a common theme, um, other than they're all movies. Um, but left over this month, we've got our Patreon is going to be coming out here pretty soon. Patreon episode this month is It's a Wonderful Life from mm-hmm. 1946. I think it's 85th anniversary is what it's hitting this year. And uh, we've got Jason Colvin, who has never seen awesome. It's a Wonderful Life before, and he's going to be joining us for that one. So, um, so cool. you, uh, again, for less than the price of a cup of coffee a year with inflation, uh, you too can listen to It's a Wonderful Life and find out what a first-time viewer of It's a Wonderful Life thought about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for the rest of this month, we've got The Giver is coming up next week. Um, what do we say, without spoiling anything, what do we say about that one? And Pat, you haven't even seen it yet. I haven't seen it. I've caught clips of it, and I'm just saying uh, I thought it was somehow related to MacGyver. Yeah, no. You know when this was? Yeah, no, 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 no. It's not. There might, without spoiling too much, you might be at different times in the movie. You might be looking for MacGyver to find a way to escape. <laughs> Let's just—I I will say this real quickly. Um, I was under the impression my entire life because I used to see this one all the time at video stores. 
Um, okay. I, I was under my under the impression my entire life that the main character that was in the like superhero suit, the Giver suit, um, mm-hmm. because in big letters on the front of the VHS tape or on the poster, it says Mark Hamill. Yeah. And while Mark Hamill is probably the most famous actor that's in this movie, other than Jimmy Walker from uh, from uh, Dynamite fame, mm-hmm. um, Mark Hamill is not the person inside the super suit. Oh. And so when I started watching this movie, I'm like, wait a minute. I thought he was the hero, and the, but he's not the hero. Oh. oh. A little misdirection, a little bait and switch little, on you there. A little, a little bait and switch on me there. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's um I'm gonna say it's interesting and it'll be interesting to talk about it next week. Yeah, man. I'm curious to know how you find it. All right, man. Well so, we'll uh tune back in next week. You'll we'll find see, out. Come, come back next week, we'll all find out. Um and then we got my own private Idaho, homicide, and we're gonna end the year with city slickers. Um huh. when yes, we come we back in yeah, we are. When we come back in January, that is going to be our crime and punishment month to start off uh January. 1992 will be our year next year. Uh, our Patreon episode will be To Kill a Mockingbird, which came out in 1962. So I think that is 60th anniversary. Um, okay. It was my understanding there would be no math on the podcast, but I, I try to do it anyway. Because, um, Pat, that's what the people demand. The people demand that's, math. If that's what they're demanding, that's what you got to deliver. If they demand math, I will, I will give them math. If they demand geography, we will talk about countries. Yes. I'm just kind of hoping they demand lunch. <laughs> I'd rather talk about that than math. Um, uh, of course. It was my understanding there would be lunch on the podcast. Uh, so, yes, our Patreon is To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, the the wonderful performance by Gregory Peck. Um, and then we've got Lethal Weapon 3. We've got Hoffa. Right? We've got My Cousin Vinny. And we've got Passenger 57. Oh, so, so great. Starting the year off with a bang. Yes. So I am excited for that. Uh, I am excited. And hopefully, so I'll, I'll throw this out there as well. Um, we're, we're missing some of the other guys. You know, life has been busy for everybody else. Sure. But uh, Jeff, Dennis, Bo, if you guys are listening, we miss you. We're looking forward to having you back on the show uh, real, real soon. Um, Patrick and I will hold down the fort until you guys get back on here with us. But um, yeah, man. We, uh, we do miss you. We hope life is going well. And... Um, we know you're listening, so glad you're enjoying the show from afar. But we do miss having you on here and and talking movies with you. So uh, hopefully Ditto we can get, get everybody back. John just said. And thank you as always to our Patreon supporters, our co-executive producers. Uh, thank you so much for the ways that you support the show. Uh, you you help keep the lights on here and and uh, help us try to make the show a better experience. Uh, get some new listeners in here. If you've got anybody that you think would love to listen to this show because they love 80s movies, 90s movies, or they just love sitting around and talking with friends, um, that's pretty much what we're all about. And uh, if you think they'd also love some of that bonus content, just let them know whatever they are willing to help out with over there to become a co-executive producer on Patreon. They get access to all that bonus content. We've got new stuff that comes out every month for that as well. So um head on over there if they have not already or if you have not already and go check that out but uh in the meantime meanwhile patrick thank you so much john john thank you thanks for putting us all together and thanks for some great movies i mean like 
I am again just enthralled with this movie, and I can't wait to share it with the various members of my family. I, it's a fun. It's like it's one of those movies. that's like I never would have. I probably never would have watched it if we didn't. If I didn't like exactly. If I didn't come across it in some list that's like, well, this is one from 1991 that not a lot of people know about, but you should watch. I'm like, all right, let's throw it in. Right. So perfect. Perfect. All right, everybody. Thank you for coming along on this ride with us this evening. And yes. uh, we hope that uh, we hope that you all be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. And if you're in a taxi, tip your driver. Um, as long as they were a good driver, I guess. But uh, we'll see you back here next time.